Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another amazing episode of Just Browsing. Matthew, along with Zach, bringing you a Week 10 recap of the Rogue One Fantasy Football League, as well as the NFL Week 10 uh, slate of games. Um, And without further ado, I'm going to jump right in, because why not? (laughs) <laughs> feels uh, I, i'll just say before we get started too it feels like it's been a long time since we sat down and did a podcast again and it but was, it's only been a, been week. a week yeah i don't know why like when i when there's a lot going on it seems like i haven't seen you in a month but it's only been seven days and i don't know it's nice to be back here doing a podcast. still too long we should we need to see each other more often <laughs> anyway anyway jump back in uh i played taya this week and down to the wire. Uh, a low-scoring game, but yeah, it, it came down to uh, Monday Night Football. I had nobody playing, and she had three people playing, I believe. She had Kirk Cousins, Allen Robinson, and I think one other person. I'm not I'm not 100%. But uh, she edged the win out 203 to 198. There's nothing I can really say. There, there was no big performers on really either. I mean, Aaron Rodgers popped off, but mm-hmm. and Kyler Murray. My two quarterbacks have been playing well. Other than that, the the only the one play this whole weekend that that made me lose fantasy was Ronald Jones's ninety eight yard touchdown run. Yep. Had he gotten tripped up and not scored on that play, I would have won fantasy by I think fifteen points. So, and I because I texted you guys right after that happened. And yeah. I was like sick. So I'm gonna say this, and I might be a little bit wrong about this. So Taya, if you're listening, forgive me, but. I think Taya forgot she had Ronald Jones on her team because we were watching that game. We, that was one of the like early Sunday games we were watching, and he busts off this. What was it ninety eight? It was ninety eight yards, right? Broke this the ninety eight yard yeah. touchdown run, and we're like, she was kind of like excited, but excited in a way of like, oh, there's a big play happening on the game we're watching. That's cool. And then I was like, hey, you have that guy. And she goes, oh, I do. And she was like all excited. And she looked at her scores and stuff. I'm like, yeah, you just got a lot of points off of that one run right there. So that one run with 98, nine points for the yards, six points for the touchdowns. So you got 15, five points for the 50. So there's a 24-point play right there. Mm-hmm. He finished and, with 39. He and had and that, game. that put him over the 100, which – so if you round up 98 to 100, it would have been 25. Yeah. And then you give him the 10-point bonus for over – or the five-point bonus for going over 100, that gives him 30. So he got three other points – not on a 98-yard play. Yeah. Had he not had that happen, I would have won this week. But it was that one play. I saw it happen, and I sent in the group text, and I'm like, sick. Yep. And I knew you were just steaming sitting there watching that. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't bother me that he did well. Like, I, got a, I think I still got the better in the deal so far in Aaron Rodgers, who put up 43 again this week. He's been on a tear. But it was the matter of the fact that it was a 98-yard run, and – it just happens to be against me. Yeah, just like well, Dalvin Cook happens to go for sixty-three yeah. against me. And our league is is one of those you know sweet and sour leagues where if you are playing against a guy like Ronald Jones who has the ninety-eight yard touchdown run, it sucks. But if you have Ronald, a guy like right. Ronald Jones who goes for the ninety-eight yard touchdown run, it might make or break your fantasy week. You know, which, for which her, is it, the cool. It's the cool part about being in our fantasy league and the way we set it up with all the scoring and how it happens. Cause it's not just standard scoring where, you know, that if that guy say in my work league where we have really standard scoring, if that play had happened in that league, yeah, it's good for you, play. but 
not that big of a deal. Right, but in our league, play. it's a like a it, it swings you it, from losing a game it, to being up. You know, pretty what I much mean? doubles like, the value. Yeah. So, but like, I mean, I had some big duds. Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas combined for what seven points. DJ Dallas had four. You know, Noah Fant had four. It just like some of my big name players just refused to do anything. Yeah, well, and I mean, her whole team did the same exact thing. It's not like I yeah. can I can complain. It, it truly came down to that one play because, at, you know, Kyler Murray at the very end of the game throwing that touchdown pass, I get the forty plus yard bonus for the mm-hmm. forty three. So I mean, like, my my quarterback scored seventy six of my hundred ninety eight points. Yeah. So it just like sucks when Michael Thomas was my number one overall draft pick, and, and he he's he's gotten anything. me like nine. Yeah points or like 11 Total. points this season yeah and well it just hurts <laughs> speaking of scoring barely any points i'm just gonna go ahead and shift on over to my game which was incredibly frustrating this week um i lost to dean 179 to 163 and coming off of last week where my team dropped 295 against me let's, yeah let's against, not forget against that. matt I would say this was, uh, you know, to say that it was a um, disappointing week is an understatement. Um, I just, I don't know. Well, so a couple things happened. One, Drew Brees finished with 10 points. He only played basically a half of football. And come to find out, you know, a couple days later, he's got now five broken ribs and a punctured, and punctured lung. And so he's probably going to be out several weeks, if not the rest of the they season. Said we'll two, see two to three weeks. We'll see what's going on with that. So obviously that's, that, that's an explanation for why a guy like that scores 10 instead of, you know, 35 or 40. Right. Um, Deshaun Watson in that Browns and Texans game, is just a super low scoring game, 10 to seven. So not a lot of opportunities to score fantasy points there. Dalvin cook had a very human 15 points instead of let's say 63 of like what he's been he had, used to he had scoring. a tough draw against the bears defense and then the seahawks did not play very well at all you know taya didn't get anything out of russell wilson and therefore i didn't get anything out of tyler lockett or dk metcalf lockett goes for 11 metcalf goes for four fantasy points and then i had a zero from jimmy graham from one of my tight ends so it was just a really disappointing week from most people you know i think my highest scoring player was my defense the Bears defense got 28 points that's like the most points on my entire team so I was looking at how Dean's team was scoring and then he was projected to, to finish with maybe 170 and obviously he did a little bit better than that at 179 but I'm like okay 170 like I should be able to beat him even if I have a couple guys just having down weeks I should be able to beat that you know I dropped 295 right. last week and my team just continued to peter out like as the weekend went on just as more games closed out and, I, you know, my guys were finishing with four points, five points. I was just like, well, it's not going to happen this week. I mean, I that was like so. the same for me. I look at Taya. She was projected to finish like 258 at one point. And I think the Seahawks game ended and her projection was like 105 or not 105, 205. Right, right. And then my projection went up to like 206. And then yeah. one thing happened and my projection went down. And I'm like, yeah. oh, come on. Like, we just... We just got yeah. a golden chance. And I feel like it was a weird fantasy week in that a lot of the top scoring players didn't really do much this week, it seemed it like. Was all, it almost seemed like a lot of the top players had really hard matchups. Yeah. Or like yeah. something big happened. Because Dalvin Thomas Cook loses um, Drew Brees. Dalvin Cook going against a you know pretty stout Bears defense. Yeah, I was going to say that Bears defense really shut Derek him down. Derrick Henry going against a pretty stout Indianapolis yeah. defense. and So, yeah, it was just kind of a weird one where – Guys that you're normally used to seeing just light up the scoreboard just didn't do much this week. So 
Um, one of the other matchups we had, so Zach Colbert going against Brandon Stevens. That one finished. Zach won 245 to 169. So Brandon's team obviously not putting up that many points, although he outscored me, which is sad. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there's anything we really want to touch on there. Um, the other matchup in the league, a Darian's team versus Brandon Roadwald. Um, Brandon won 243 to 198. It was actually kind of nice to see a Darian's team put up a decent amount of points. And I say decent as in it neared 200 because it seems like his team has not come <laughs> near 200 in quite a while. <laughs> and, you know, that being said, I see two zeros in his lineup um, and a three-pointer and a six-pointer. So not a lot going on on a Darian's team either. I think he's now two and eight. So with my loss and Brandon's win this weekend, we are now tied for the best record in the league at seven and three. Um, so I'll just touch on the standings real quick. So in the East, I'm leading at seven and three. Taya's in second place at six and four. You're in third place at five and five. And Dean is fourth in the East at four and six. In the West, like I said, Brandon's tied with me now at seven and three. He's leading that conference. Um, Zach's following him up at six and four. Brandon Stevens at three and seven. And then Adarian at two and eight. So that's where the standings sit now through 10 games. So we have three regular season fantasy games left this year before we get to playoffs. It's kind of crazy how fast the NFL season seems to fly by every time it's back. You know, you're always so excited when it gets back, and then in the blink of an eye, it seems like you're in the playoffs, and then it's the Super Bowl, and then it's all over. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's coming down to the nitty-gritty here in fantasy, um, and it's it's about time for – you're really hoping your team is on an upward swing of momentum instead of a downward swing. And I'm a little bit concerned at my team's performance this past week, although hopefully it, it was, I think it was some, a of, week some of it everybody. was kind of fluke stuff. So we'll see if we can get right again next week. Um, let me look up what the matchups are for next week because I actually don't know who I play this upcoming week. Probably me. Your team can go for 400 points again. <laughs> I play – looks like I play Zach. Dean plays Brandon uh, Stevens. Brandon Rodewald plays you, and then Taya and Adarian are matched up. So that's the matchups for this week. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Three more regular season fantasy games left, so we're getting down to the end here of fantasy. Well, Chris Carson practiced today for the first time since sprinting his foot in Week 7, so that's good for both my fantasy teams as I have him on both rosters. There you go. Dude, my roster in my other league, George Kittle on IR, Austin Eckler on IR, I had Miles Gaskin on IR, and then Chris Carson's been out. And I'm like, everyone's like, well, George Kittle and Austin Eckler, they're probably going to be back, you know, like week 12, week 13. I'm like, that's right when the playoffs start. Yeah. I'm got to try and that's you know, the do that thing. roster juggling. Because yeah, if, if I get Eckler and Kittle back before the playoffs in that league. I think that's I'm one of the set. important things to note about fantasy too is, especially this year, because there's been so many injuries this year, is a lot of these guys who have been out for a while – will be coming back right at the tail end of the fantasy season leading into playoffs for us. So if you have a team like you who might have a couple guys coming back who are high-scoring guys who are coming back and are going to be healthy, let's say, last week of the regular season or week one of playoffs – you might hit a hot streak and win a couple of playoff games and be in the championship right. just just by or just default win, of getting just win back, week one you know? of playoffs and then I'm already that, in that's, the I was gonna say if you win week one of playoffs that's about all you can really hope for in our league because then that guarantees you to not finish last dead which last is, yeah. which is the goal. So um, although this year I can't really see anyone losing to a Darian, but I don't want to jinx myself because well I, now I, that you said that huh? <laughs> I see if my team scores 163 points I'm gonna lose to a Darian. So we'll 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 see. 
Imagine like a last place game, like one sixty three to one sixty two or something like that. And if it was if it was the eight seed beating me as the because I'm the projected one seed right now in the playoffs. If that happened, I would lose my mind. That's like when Garrett beat Dean. Dean was like ten and three, and then Garrett yeah. was like two and. I was gonna say it's not eleven. It's or not unheard of. It's he, happened. He got on. To, before, he yeah. went to the championship that year. Yeah. I think I had to beat him in the championship, yeah. didn't I? Like he was going to run the table. He was going to run the table, and, yeah. <laughs> and he hadn't set like a lineup at all, and then all of a sudden in the playoffs, he set a lineup, and his yeah. team just popped off. Oh, good old fantasy! Have everyone pulling their hair out. Um, you want to shift over to the football stuff, or do you have anything else you want to touch on for fantasy? No, I think fantasy is pretty stressful as it is because yeah, you want to win, but at the end of the day, I sit here and I go, it's all about week. Like we just it's said, all week about one week about one. playoffs. Yep. But I do think. If the NFL decides to move into a expanded playoff, that helps everybody out in fantasy because that allows more teams to continue to compete and play their, their yeah. top guys instead of being like, well, we're going to give this guy a new look instead of this guy, see what we have. Yeah, Because those games can be really weird for fantasy managers because it's like end of regular season NFL games where some of the teams are not really starting their starters. Right, so like the Steelers, are, they could know. have the division and the conference, yeah. you know, one seed locked in with two or three weeks left in the season when we're going into championship week or, you know, week two with the playoffs, yeah. and they're like, hey, Ben's not playing, Juju right. Schuster, James Conner, none of those guys. So you're like, and then do I take has, the risk on the backup? Yeah. Yeah. Or did someone else grab him? And then you sit there and you're like, well, this doesn't, this isn't helpful. So yeah, yeah, you exactly. hope everybody's going into week 17 with like an eight and seven record or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. everyone's, you know, cause it makes it more competitive. Positions. Like you said, for NFL fans, just watching the games. And then also for fantasy managers, cause then you have all the bona fide starters are still going to be starting and playing full games right. toward, towards the end of the season. Instead of there being like, Oh, I Ben Roethlisberger is my starting quarterback all year. And now he's just not playing. Cause yeah. they're, <laughs> they have the conference locked they, up. Yeah, but uh, moving into you know the the week ten games, I don't know if there's been a team that's played ten games yet. But uh, the Colts beat the Titans on Thursday night, thirty four seventeen. Um, a come from behind win, you know, you know seventeen thirteen at half, and then they score twenty one unanswered. So I think they actually scored twenty eight unanswered. A couple yeah. of real scrappy teams there. Yeah. Yeah, both teams fighting for the division. Um, definitely going to come down to one of those two, obviously, that win. And I think they'll both make the playoffs. But, uh, you know, a lot of season left, you know, mm-hmm. st- still uh, seven games. Uh, moving into Sunday, I'm just going to get the disappointment out. I was going to say, let's just rip off the Band-Aid. The Raiders stomped the Broncos because Drew Locke is showing that he does not have what it takes to compete right now in the NFL level. And people are going, he needs more time, he needs more time. I get there's growing pains and shit, but some of the decisions he's making are terrible decisions. He left the pocket because he's scared to get hit. The pocket was perfect. He stepped up, he would have had two, three more seconds to make the throw, wouldn't have gotten touched. Instead, he steps out of the pocket, makes a bad throw. You know, it just... So I think... I was looking at the box scores when the game finished. He finished with three interceptions. He also had a fumble. And then we also had another fumble. Um, We didn't lose both of the fumbles. I think we lost one of the fumbles. So that's like four turnovers right there. And you're just not going to win games with four turnovers. That's just not going to happen. So so Drew Locke finished 23 of 47, 257 yards, averaging five and a half yards per completion. Per pass. 
one touchdown in garbage time, four interceptions. Oh, it was four interceptions. Being sacked twice with a QBR of 27.9 and an overall rating of 37.3. He also fumbled the ball once, but he recovered that. And then Deshaun Hamilton fumbled the ball. So we had five turnovers. God. I was driving over to my parents' house to watch it over there. I turn the radio on, and they go, well, the Broncos starting to drive from the two. And I'm like, oh, they must have had a good defensive stand, and they got a good punt. No, apparently Deontay Spencer ran the ball out on the opening kickoff and then ran backwards and was tackled on our two. I think I missed that play. And then our special teams gave up a punt return for a touchdown that was called back because of a holding, but still the fact that they gave up a punt return Oh, that was to touchdown. Hunter Renfro, mm-hmm. wasn't it? He returned it. Yeah, I remember yeah. watching that. Who are the guys on the radio go, he's sneaky fast. And I, and go, I was actually really disappointed in that because I have Hunter Renfro in my work league and I had him started. So I was like, hey, fantasy points. And then there's a flag. I'm like, oh, never mind. But see, it's, it's funny. Back. Sometimes the return points don't go to the player. They only go to the defense. Oh, really? Yeah, so like, oh, okay. if you had the Raiders defense – that would have been good. I don't oh, think they okay, go to okay. individual. I mean, it might go as like a miscellaneous touchdown, but yeah. I'm, I'm Either way, sure. it was a moot point. It got called back, but yeah. Either way, the Broncos need to figure shit out. Or I mean, this so, just fan base is we're just not. I mean, we we expect to win, and when I say we expect to win, I'm not saying every team expects to win the Super Bowl. But if you're realistic, we just expect to be competitive. Okay, so as a fan base. Now that you touched on that, I think I'm going to go ahead and bring up something that I wanted to talk about on the podcast. Because I was going to save it until after we ran through all of the scores. But since we're talking Broncos, since we're talking Broncos and you're talking about the fan base, I want to bring something up to you that I was doing. So I had had kind of a theory in mind that I had spoken about with my dad over the last couple years of watching Broncos football. And And basically the theory was as follows. It was just basically, you know, as long as I've been old enough to watch Broncos games and follow how the fan base reacts to the season and stuff and analyze things, big picture stuff. It's always seemed to me like the Broncos expectations around here, kind of like you said, are really, really high. And for as long as I've been watching the Broncos play, really until Peyton Manning got here, we just weren't that good. We were like... And then... So I and I'm uh, this is going to get into just let me finish my little thought okay, right yeah. here. And then Peyton Manning gets here and we're really good for 4 years. And then the Broncos fan base who already had really high expectations going into every season now expects AFC Championship game or Super Bowl or bust every year. You know what I mean? Cuz we had this f- great 4 years with Peyton Manning. And then since he's left, we've been back to being just not very good anymore. So that was just a theory of mine because I had never actually, you know, backed it up with, okay, what were the records during these years and all that kind of stuff. I looked it up this past Sunday because I was just curious. I'm like, what were the regular season records for the Broncos going back back to when I was watching football when I was younger? So I'll just start at – so 2003, 2004, 2005 were pretty good. I'll, so I'll start at 2006. Well, And you got to remember – we were back-to-back Super Bowl champions, 97, 90, right. late 96, 90s. 97, and 97, yeah. 98, yeah. I believe. So late 90s was like peak Broncos. And then we had some good years in the early 2000s, but I'm, I'm starting at 2006 for the sake of this discussion. So 14, it, was, it was 97, 98, 98, 99, just, just okay. clear myself So up. 14 years ago, I'll start from there and I'll work my way forward. This is how the Broncos' regular season records have gone. 
2006, we were 9 and 7. 2007, 7 and 9. 2008 and 2009, we finished 8 and 8. 2010, we were 4 and 12. 2011, 8 and 8 again. And then Peyton Manning gets here. Enter Peyton Manning. A- enter Peyton Manning. And then we immediately go in 2012 and in 2013, we're 13 and 3. In 2013, we make the Super Bowl. We lose to the Seahawks. We've got to talk about that one. 2014, he's still here. We go 12 and 4. 2015, we go 12 and 4. We win the Super Bowl against the Panthers. Okay, so for that four-year span, we go 13 and 3, 13 and 3, 12 and 4, 12 and, then and 4. Then we go. Let me, we, let go me to, guess. we go to two Super Bowls and let, we win one of them. Right. So let me guess the records going. And I'm not looking at the records. I have the okay. NFC yeah. Just, just give me your guess. So 2016, 2017, we go eight and eight with Trevor Seaman as our quarterback. Right. Eight and eight, or is it nine? We and went seven? nine and seven. Okay, so nine then so that's pretty close. Yeah. Seventeen, eighteen with Case Keenum at quarterback, we go six and ten, or is it five and eleven? So twenty seventeen was five and eleven. Okay, and, and then, then twenty eighteen, nineteen. Last year we go six and ten. Yep, six and, and then ten. This year we're three and six. Yeah. So then in twenty nineteen, seven and nine. This year we're three and six. So that just goes to show you, since two thousand and six, all the way to now, if you took out those four years where Peyton Manning's here. We're just not a very we're, good we're football an average, team. It's, we're, it's we're an average a, Average team. to below we're, average each year. Which you is know funny I mean? because if you think about that and you go look back at that, we made the – in 05-06, we lost to the Steelers at home in the AFC Championship game. And I think that was either with Jake the Snake or Jake Cutler. I think it was Jake the Snake back then. Um, and then we also – I thought we made it one more time that I'm trying to find. I lost myself. But anyways, I mean, we were like an average team. Yeah. You know, we're, we're always flirting with not greatness, but we were flirting with playoffs. And I think – and I'm going to check this because I'm we're pretty sure we still won the division a decent chunk of those years. Even I was going to say, I, I haven't looked at who the division winners were throughout those years. It was just strictly regular season record. But – if you're going by regular season record, I mean, really, in all reality, the Broncos since 2006 have been a pretty average franchise, except for right, with the exception of four years, obviously. But, but then, but then, if my, you look at our my point being is, I, I was telling my dad this, and I just, I just think the Broncos fan base is almost a lot like the Cowboys, where you know the Cowboys. It seems like going into every year. All you hear about is like how great the Cowboys are going to be, what they're, who they have on their roster, on paper, how great they're going to look, and then they always finish eight and eight, you know, or nine and seven, or seven and nine, and you're like, okay, they weren't that good, guys, but that's exactly how the Broncos have been pretty much every year, with the exception of a couple of really bad years too, where we've gone like four and twelve or something. So going going back to your, so I'm going to start it in 2005, just because. So from 2005 on, it's this is just the AFC West winners, oh, okay. and I'm going to say their records: the Broncos in 2005 at 13 and three, the Chargers in 2006 at 14 and two, Chargers in 2007 at 11 and five, Chargers in 2008 at eight and eight, Chargers in 2009 at 13 and three, Chiefs in 2010 at 10 and six, Broncos in 2011 at eight and eight. Hmm. Uh, and then enter Peyton Manning, 13 and three, 13 and three, 12 and four, 12 and four. We won the division five years in a row. And then enter the Patrick Mahomes era pretty much in Kansas City. I mean, I think Alex Smith was here these first two years. But 12-4, and 10-6, and 12-4, and 12-4. Yeah, so, so it's if, been Chiefs since if then. You, if you look at it, I mean, one, the Raiders haven't been relevant since 2002 in terms of the division. <laughs> I was going to say, in terms of winning the division, but Raiders aren't we there. Had a, we had a stranglehold on this division for five straight years. 
And now the Chiefs have won it four in a row, mm-hmm. and I don't see that streak really stopping un- soon, unless yeah. some team can figure out the formula to beat them. But it becomes one of those things that, you know, out of all of that stuff, out of everything I listed, there's three teams that made the Super Bowl. The Broncos twice, and then the Chiefs, obviously, from yep. last year. Yep. So it's not like – We've really been out of the division. I mean, going back to 2000, the Raiders won three in a row, 2000, uh, 01, 02, and they won the Super Bowl in 2002. Other than that, I mean, it's really not like, you know, the winner of this is is all gloried and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's... Yeah, I just, I think my thing is, I think, at, and this might be a hard pill to swallow for Broncos fans, but I think as Broncos fans, we need to temper our expectations a little bit. Because really, for the reality of most NFL franchises, the reality is their season is pretty much average to maybe a little bit slightly better than average or slightly below average most years. With the exception of random franchises who have just had the luxury of sustained winning, like the New England Patriots or the Pittsburgh Steelers or something like that. Right. Well, and it helps when teams that you're in the division with suck ass. Like right. For the longest time in, in the AFC East, you had the Bills who weren't very good. Mm-hmm. The Jets became good at in, in with Mark Sanchez at quarterback for yeah. some odd reason. It was a weird era. And then the Dolphins have never really been yeah. super stout. And so, yeah, I mean, you can definitely see like there's power shifts in divisions Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, the AFC South has always been kind of a power division along with the AFC North, you know, with Pittsburgh and Baltimore in the same division. It seems like Pittsburgh and Baltimore have always been pretty good. Like, no matter any right. year they, they're coming in, they're pretty scrappy. And teams. now I, I think there's been a power, you know, there's a power shift back to the AFC West with the Broncos. And I think it kind of just stayed in the AFC West now with the Chiefs. And. I mean, yeah, there's other good AFC teams, but really, and, and I, I'm not saying this in terms of maybe, maybe people are going to take this the wrong way. The path to the AFC championship goes through the AFC West. Yeah. Well, especially now. Especially with the Chiefs. Yeah. But when we had, and with Tom Brady out of New England, mm-hmm. but even when we had Peyton Manning, it was either going to be New England or the Broncos. Yeah. There, there's really almost no doubt, which I'm pretty sure it did go Broncos... Or no, we didn't. We lost to. Uh, I think it went New England Broncos. New England Broncos. In terms of the AFC, in terms of the AFC yeah. championship, yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's weird. As a Broncos fan, we we only grow up to. I've, I never cheer against the Broncos. Yeah, I picked no, them to. Do I. I picked it's them just, to win every single game. I just think we need to temper our expectations a little bit because I think we all collectively got spoiled while Peyton Manning was here, and he. He brought the Broncos to a level of greatness that we haven't seen in a really long time. And I just think we have to accept the fact that since he's been gone, we just have not been there. And it's going to take probably several more years before we're back to being a good, a really good team again. Because we're okay right now. I wouldn't say we're terrible, but we're, not, we're certainly not good. <laughs> you definitely have to also understand like the older side of the fan base. So like... Our parents, if I don't know, your mom's a Steelers fan. Yeah. I don't know if your dad's a Broncos fan. My or, dad doesn't really root for anyone in particular. So, he just watches football. So like my dad, you know, he, I, I would say he's a diehard Broncos fan. Yeah. You know, he grew up starting in the, the early 60s. and I was going to say, he's watched since then, different the, eras of football. I mean, football. think yeah. about this. The Broncos are tied for the second most Super Bowl appearances 
in the NFL history. Yeah. Tied with the, the Cowboys and the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Those are also two franchises that think they're going to win the Super Bowl every year. Like yeah. you said, we got to temper expectations like the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. Cowboys have a lot more talent than we do. Yeah. They just suck. And then, you know, obviously at 11 is the Patriots, but I look at that and I go, this older generation, we're just used to winning. Yeah. Well, well I, maybe I, not I, as a Super franchise, Bowls, historically, if winning. you go to a lot of Super Bowls too, that's just kind of what you come to expect. Like, well, we've gone to eight or whatever, right. however many it's been, we should be getting back there every year. But, and you also have to realize, and I think most intelligent football fans realize that making the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl is an incredibly monumentally oh, challenging yeah. task. I mean, there are some teams that make it look easy for a while, like how many times the Patriots have gone. Like, you think it would be easy going to the Super Bowl, how many times they've done it recently. But it's certainly not. Going so to the Super guess, Bowl and guess how many Super times the Patriots went to the Super Bowl before the 1990s? Uh, One time. I was, I was going to say. Guess how many times the Patriots have been to the Super Bowl since 2009? Yep. Yeah, with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Because they've won six out of nine appearances, right? They in lost in to, the 2000s. They lost to Eli Manning twice, and they lost to Nick Foles and the Eagles yep. once. And they should have lost to the Falcons, and they should have lost to the fucking Seahawks. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Don't even get me started on this play-calling bullshit, because I already yell at my TV enough when the Broncos are playing for bad play-calling. <laughs> During those Super Bowls, I could not um, just believe what I was watching. Anyways, moving on. I was going to say, that was a really random sidebar, but you kind of touched on the Broncos thing that I was going to cover at the end, so I figured it was a good point. To just, I mean, it, it's, 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 I think it's interesting to look back historically, like going back 14 years at what the regular season records have right. been, and just see like, okay, what have the trends been? You know, because you have a feeling as a fan of like, yeah, I feel like before Peyton Manning we weren't that good, and I feel like after him we haven't been that been that good. But then you see those records, and it's like concrete evidence of what you've been kind of thinking. And it's really it's, not it's, like we haven't been that good. We just we've been average. I, yeah. Eight and eight is an average, right? You know. But it's for a team who's expecting for a fan base who's expecting the AFC Championship game. That's underperforming. You oh, know what I mean? oh yeah. So I think if you're if you're a Browns fan and the Browns go eight and eight, you're like, hey, except for right now, that's pretty cool. They're busting I was say, like crazy now. But before before like the last two years or something, man, if they won three games, but if they, like, yeah, if, if they win, they're taking the paper bags. Yeah, I was gonna heads. say this is, this is the greatest moment ever. But as a Broncos fan or as a, a fan of one of these other franchises that's used to winning eight wins is not good you know you're no. disappointed in the season so. i mean if we go to the playoffs i'm usually pretty happy with that yeah because six teams make the playoffs from each conference yeah that's really it's, good it's still a good thing to, yeah, to, to be six out of 16 yeah. i will say and we can get back to going through the scores but if you if you ever watch the nfl and just being a football fan in general you see franchises that travel, their fan bases travel extremely well. Mm-hmm. The Broncos is definitely a top three fan base when, in terms of traveling to away games or just being present at away games. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to use this example because they don't have a fan base, but when the Broncos played in LA against the Chargers last year at that soccer stadium, uh-huh. Even when the Chiefs play there, it was literally ninety five percent orange and ninety five percent red. That's pretty brutal for the Chargers. Just and you know, you know, even when they played down in San Diego, you can just go back and watch like yeah. the Peyton Manning Peyton words. They're hard. The Peyton Manning era. There's a shit ton of orange in all of yeah. these stadiums. Yeah. When we were in Houston last year for the Broncos Houston game, 
a shit ton of orange. Yeah. We were smoking Houston, and the stadium was louder when the Houston fans were gone than when everybody was in the stadium. Yeah. The Broncos travel well. I am on a wait list for season tickets. I have been on that wait list since 2016, four years. You're probably going to be on it for a while. I have, I think they said, 11 to 12 more years until I'll get a call. Isn't it? I think the worst franchise to be on a list for season tickets is the Packers, right? Isn't that like a right. decades long? Yeah, wait? because it's all like they're all like super local. Yeah, and it's yeah. a, it's technically a publicly owned team. Yeah, there's not like a true owner, quote uh-huh. unquote. Like you could buy a share of the Packers. Yeah. But, yeah, the Packers is definitely one, and I think the Broncos might be the second longest. I was going to say, I, I've always heard those two as touted as being, like, trying to get on a wait list for season tickets is those two are the hardest. Well, and the Broncos do. have sold out the most. They have the longest streak of consecutive sellouts. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I was reading something, and they're like, the Broncos will be sold out until the franchise, like, quits. Yeah. They were like, there's just too much demand for Broncos. But then you go to a game – and there's 10,000 no-shows because the team sucks. Yeah. And people are like, well, then they didn't sell out. And it's like, no, the thing is they sold those tickets. And people just didn't show. Yeah. And people are like, well, I see tickets online. I'm like, those are secondary mark. Like, mm-hmm. that's on the secondary market. The Broncos sold out of tickets. Yeah. It's 15. If, if they didn't sell out of tickets, I better be getting a call sooner than fucking 15 years to get my season tickets. So I wonder if it's like Guinness Book of World Records or whoever keeps track of the longest streak of sellouts and all those kind of weird stats. I wonder if they've put a pause on everything this year just due to like, obviously no one's selling out stadiums because no one's really even allowed fans or, and if they are, it's like, you know, less than 10% capacity or something like that. Cause we've well, had one or two games this year, home games where we five, what was it, 5,000 fans. fans or maybe 10,000 out of a 75,000 seater stadium, you know? Um, but obviously there's gotta be some sort of an asterisk for whoever's keeping track of those records. Cause it's uh, not exactly fair circumstances right now. But anyway. We're- well, I think, you know, with this whole pandemic, yeah, there's... But then again, the Broncos could be like, we have 10,000 tickets. And then they're sold out. So they could be like, we're still it. selling yeah. out all <laughs> of our, our max capacity yeah. seats. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't think that's fair. but So the Broncos have the longest NFL sellout streak in one city. So number of games, 400 plus. Guess when the streak started? For consecutive sellouts for the Broncos. When? Just guess. Seventies, uh, sometimes. Nineteen seventy is when the sellout oh. streak began, and it's still going fifty years later. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, Broncos country is uh, it's a real thing. Anyway, anyways, moving on yeah, to we uh, finally move on. Game three. Everyone out there who's not a Broncos fan is like, shut the fuck up about the Broncos already. <laughs> well, don't worry, we're gonna bring you another episode of uh, it's what the top your top movies that you saw in 2013. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I pulled my list out of Zach's list, yeah. so we'll bring that to you later in the week. Uh, but moving on, the Browns beat the Texans in the highest scoring game of the weekend at 10-7. Nothing fun to touch on there. Um, the Lions, Washington football team, Lions won thirty to twenty-seven. Washington gave a valiant effort and a comeback. Just fell, sh- you know, short at the end as Matt Prater, I think, had a fifty-nine yarder as time expired. Um, I guess one thing to mention there is Alex Smith made his Alex first start. Smith back, right? made his first start. He played last week after yeah. Kyle Allen. He just didn't start last week. Ruined yeah. his ankle and. But really cool to see that because God, that he, dude, that he almost lost his leg. Yeah, that injury. And now he's he back had on was an really NFL gruesome, field. So that's cool to see. 
Um, the Packers held on against the Jaguars 24-20 in a game that yes. they were actually trailing um, early on, and then they kind of just held on that you know the rest of the time. But a lot, a lot closer game than one would have expected. Mm-hmm. The Giants bringing the heat against the Eagles in the trash can division with a 27-17 win. The trash can division. Uh, the Eagles still have the division lead with a 3-5-1 and one record. Uh, and the Giants are... So I guess Brandon oh, can hold on to that still. <laughs> yeah, well, the Giants and the Cowboys are a half game back at 3-7. and seven, And Washington's a game and a half back at 2-7. and seven, That's so. so remarkable. That's so crazy to me. You know, it, it, yeah. Then there's the Buccaneers who turn it on against the Panthers. A lot closer game than the score shows. Uh, Panthers just couldn't get anything going in the second half. Uh, 46-23. Tom Brady came back after that abysmal performance last week. Yeah, I was going to say a bounce-back game for that. Um, and then, you know, as we touched on with fantasy, Ronald Jones popped off for a 98-yard run and ended up finishing with 192 yards and a touchdown. Um, so that offense clicked, and, and mm. it shows the power that they have. Then the Dolphins go on to beat the Chargers, who Justin Herbert didn't have his best showing, but uh, I still put him up there for Rookie of the Year with uh, Joe Burrow. He's balling. I like and, him a lot. And the Dolphins are a team to keep an eye on. I, I don't think they're going to make much noise in terms of like Super Bowl contention. but Six and three is they might, solid. They might throw team. an upset here and yeah. there that, that could shake some things up. So, uh, yeah, a team to watch. Uh, the Cardinals and Bills, 32-30, with the Cardinals moving to 6-3, and dropping the Bills to 7-3. A very good game. If you haven't seen it, go watch the ending of that game. Yes. DeAndre Hopkins with the catch of the, the century so far, as we've been, you know, we're 11 months, 17 days into this century. The catch of the century so far. Um, yeah, I mean, 32-30 win for the Cardinals to stay alive in the, the NFC West. Um, because of this next game with the Rams beating the Seahawks, Rams moving to six and three, Seahawks moving to six and three with the twenty three sixteen win for the Rams. So, three teams tied at six and three. Uh, definitely a wide open division in my opinion. And when I thought the Seahawks might just run the table with it, yeah, I think a pretty disappointing game out of the Seahawks there. That yeah. was that was uncharacteristic based on how they've been playing recently. So. And staying with that division, the Saints beat the 49ers 27-13, dropping the 49ers to 4-6. and six. Very disappointing team this year. I know they've been hit hard by the injury bug, but you go from Super Bowl to 4-6. and six, Yeah. And it's just, it's just rough. Uh, the Saints, however, lose Drew Brees for, I think they said, two to three weeks. Then again, I don't know. I've never broken ribs and punctured a lung and <laughs> come back in two or three weeks. So right. we'll uh, – We'll see how that goes. It's and pretty pretty rough to hear for a guy who's what forty one. That's yeah, that's scary. So yeah, but, but hope, they hope win. He's gonna be all right. And they move to seven and two. So still in control of the the NFC South. The Steelers beat the Bengals thirty six to ten behind a big day from Big Ben. Um, they stay perfect at nine and zero, moving the Bengals down to two six and one. The Steelers, you know, I think that kind of helps me. The, the Steelers haven't been playing. Lights out football. They've had yeah, they've had you know, some they've, close games. They've had some close games, but then they have some some spurts of okay, this team's like for real because the Bengals have played a lot of teams close this year. I never expected them to beat the Steelers, but thirty six to ten was a, a pretty good walloping, and, and their yeah. defense shut down Joe Burrow, and then Big Ben showed up with three hundred thirty three yards and four touchdowns. So yeah, it's a pretty monster game there. Uh, a good game from them. I continue to see them rolling and 
I think I'd have to see if I misread the article, but someone said that they've already clinched a playoff hmm. berth or something, which is pretty crazy. I mean, they can't have a losing record nine weeks into the season, which is kind of insane. But yeah. Uh, and then Sunday night, in in my opinion, a big upset: the Patriots beating the Ravens twenty three seventeen, moving the Patriots to four and five and dropping the Ravens to six and three. I don't know what's going on with the the Ravens offense. It's not. I know it was bad weather up in New England, but yeah, I was gonna say a couple thoughts on that one. Really terrible weather game, which it seems like the Patriots always do well in those type of scenarios. Well, they practice outside in that. They they yeah. said that during the game. They're like, yeah, we they practice outside in this kind of weather. Yeah, so I think that really helped them. Um, so I think in a in a if that game was played in sixty five degrees sunny weather with no wind rain, that might have that outcome might have been quite a bit different but um i think that win it might not be understating it to say that that has saved the patriots season it beating the definitely saved their season because i mean had they lost to the jets last week which you can argue that it was close the jets threw that game kind of um their season i think would have been it would have been over yeah they would have checked out i mean you just lost to a team that hasn't won a game Mm -hmm. Uh, you know so yeah, this this win now. I don't think they're going to come back and win the division. I think Miami's a better team than them right now, and the Bills are definitely a better team than them right now. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be tough for them to fight back into the playoffs. But they're definitely going to be a more competitive team moving forward than yeah. everyone thought. So um, they're a team to keep an eye on. But they're going to have to put some some magic behind this comeback and uh, and really work hard. But yeah, I, I, like you said, I think think it saved their season they'll be interesting to watch and then to cap it off last night the vikings hanging the bears their fourth straight loss with a 1913 win what a boring game kirk cousins made me lose fantasy <laughs> um dalvin cook was definitely held in check i think that was one of the big things there was the bears run defense was really stout and which, dalvin cook couldn't get going if, if you don't pay attention like to the in-depth you know of like the stats he had 96 yards. Yeah, I was going to say, that's four, a lot. four yards shy of 100. That's that's a good you know, amount of yards. But then yeah. you look at how many times he touched the ball, and he touched it 30 times. You right. go, oh. Yeah, yeah. he just couldn't get anything going. And I got really disappointed, too. I was watching some of that game last night, and he popped off like a 28-yard gain and that got called, called back, back for holding. holding. So I was like, God, that's what he needed to get that spark going, and then, of course, got called back. When I think, so. and I'm going to just check real quick while it's the last game. I think his longest run of the night was 11 yards after really? that call had been called back. No, 14 yards, sorry. Oh, okay. So that was the longest run of the entire night. Wow, on both by, sides. By both sides. I mean, the Bears only had 41 yards rushing. <laughs> the Bears only had 149 yards of offense. Oh, God. Yeah, that's not good. By the way, do we know what the word is on Nick Foles? Because I know he went down and got hurt like last play of the game or last drive of the game. I haven't seen anything on him. All I know is... Like we talked about, I don't know, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. The dude is an average QB. Who's getting paid a shit ton of money. He just better go back to Philly where everybody loves him. And <laughs> apparently he's has his best success. But in terms of, I mean, they, I don't know, dude. The Bears just, they have a good defense, but their offense is worse than the Broncos. And that's saying something. When you lose four in a row and everyone's like, oh, they're going to the bye, they'll turn it around. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they're going to turn around up in Lambeau Field after they come back from their bye? Yeah, I don't, I don't see think that happening. so. Especially after losing to the Vikings, who are 1-5 and five at the start of the season, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. 
I hope Foles is okay. You never want to see people get hurt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he got clobbered. That was a hard hit. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, just to go back to what you're saying about the DeAndre Hopkins thing, I don't want to be this guy, but it would not be the catch of the century. It'd be the catch of the decade. No, the catch of the century. Because we're already 20 years. Yeah, I might have said that we were uh, <laughs> 11 months, 17 days. I was hoping that would just go unnoticed. Because I, I said that and I was like, Ugh. I was trying to decide if I should say something like right when you said it, but then it just, and then I was like, okay, now it's bothering me. Now I have to say something. <laughs> I said that and I caught it. Like, I caught like, it. We're it in not my 11 head. months into the century, but we are 11 months into the decade. I caught it in my head and I was like, you know what? Maybe people will just be like, that was a really good catch. Like, you could put it up there in the last I'm, I'm, 20 years. I'm not taking anything away from the catch. It is an amazing catch, but catch of the century, I don't know. I don't know about that. All right. Well, we'll put it in the discussion it's, then. Uh, it's in the discussion, the I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I said that and I was like, we're only 20 years. In this it's one of those things where you say it and you're like, I hope no one. There's the anything. helmet catch. There's. Yeah. Odo Beckham's catch. Yeah. There's the famous uh, Des Bryant catch in the playoffs where they ruled it like not a catch. Oh, where he had it. And there's like, a picture of him inbounds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That whole crazy thing against the Packers. Um, yeah. There's, there's the whole Packers 49 Seahawks catch. Several of them were. Yeah. Like Aaron Rodgers had Hail one Mary in the playoffs bombs. against the Cardinals. Yeah. Like the same exact play. Yeah. Do they, like we, we talked about that on one of the other episodes. If there's ever a quarterback that's going to succeed. <laughs> <laughs> if there's ever a quarterback that's going to succeed on a Hail Mary, it's Aaron Rodgers. And the dude just throws the ball down, and then it seems like the defense just runs off the field, yeah. and he's got a wide-open receiver that's just like, Whoa. I don't know what it is. He just, A, he's got a cannon, and B, he has some sort of a lucky streak about yeah. him where he just, yeah, like you said, if it's one of those late-game scenarios and you need a Hail Mary, there's no one better than him to do it because he has a pretty high success rate of it, which is – so a play that has a very low success, success rate, rate historically. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's just – I don't know. I mean, I love Aaron Rodgers, but in, the, they wait. That That's a team, too, that if they get trailing, they're never out of the game. Oh, yeah. And same with no. the Seahawks. And for some reason, the Lions. Matt Matthew Stafford is just – the dude could come back from 21 in the last minute and a half, throwing for <laughs> 300 yards and three touchdowns. But for some reason, they have to wait till that time to yeah. – just like the Broncos, kind of. I was going to say that's been the Broncos' philosophy. The Broncos this year. are like, we're going to get down by twenty-four, quarter. and then we're going to score twenty-one unanswered in the yeah. last two minutes, and yeah. then we're going to throw a an interception in the end zone as time expires. I'm <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why not start the game like this? Yes, yeah, exactly. So, um, looking forward to Week Eleven. Here's the matchups, real quick. Thursday night, you got the Cardinals and the Seahawks, which I think should be probably a pretty good game to watch. Um, on Sunday, our beloved Broncos take on the Dolphins. And then you have the Eagles facing off against the Browns. You have the Falcons and the Saints. The Bengals at the Washington football team. You have the Lions at the Panthers. Um, Steelers and Jags. Titans and Ravens. Patriots and Texans. And that's all in the morning. And then the afternoon games are Jets and Chargers. Packers, Colts. Cowboys, Vikings. And then the Sunday night game is Chiefs and Raiders. So an AFC West matchup. And then Monday night, we got the Rams and the Buccaneers. And then on by this upcoming week are the Bills, the Bears, the Giants, and the 49ers. The Buccaneers. So I think um, Chiefs-Raiders ought to be a pretty scrappy game. I think the Raiders are kind of coming into their own a little the bit. The only but team that's given them a loss this season. Yeah, I, I don't really see them 
beating the Chiefs, but they might make it a pretty good game. And I think that Thursday night game, the Cardinals and say, Seahawks ought to be pretty Cardinals good. Cardinals-Seahawks should be a good game. Um, Falcons-Saints will be interesting without Drew Brees. I was going to say, presumably we're going to have, what, Jameis Winston, right? Jameis Winston, yeah. Starting for the Saints. Um, um, so we'll see how Bengals-Washington, record-wise, should be a competitive game. Kind of same with Lions-Panthers. Titans-Ravens will be a, a fun one to yeah, watch. Yeah, that ought to be pretty good. Um, Packers-Colts will be a fun one to watch. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Chiefs-Raiders. And then the Rams-Buccaneers will be an interesting one to watch. Yeah. But, if uh, the Buccaneers played like they did this past week, they ought to... They had to win that one pretty Definitely easy. Definitely some uh, some decent games coming up this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's some like the Broncos-Dolphins that unless you're a Miami fan or a Bronco fan, you're not going to care about because – Yeah. I or mean, like maybe, maybe someone in there. or something. Yeah, that game has zero impact on the that, – yeah. that game has more impact on the draft pick than it does on the season. Yeah. 0-9 for the Jets so far. And 2-7 and for the Chargers, right? That is rough. Yep, 2-7. and seven. So let's go – I'm just going to do this. I don't think we've done this yet. On another episodes, but we're getting close to that time where uh, teams are going to start jockeying for uh, playoff spots. So uh, currently, our playoff picture sits as stated: the Denver Broncos will win the Super Bowl eventually, some year, <laughs> some some year with a date involved, <laughs> some year in the uh, undisclosed future. Uh, but currently, in the AFC, you have the nine and zero Steelers. As the one, the Chiefs eight and one is two. Bills seven and three is three. The Colts six and three is four. The Raiders six and three is five, and the Dolphins six and three is six. So outside, so if, if we do the original playoffs with six teams from each conference, the Ravens don't make it. The Browns don't make it. The Titans don't make it. The Patriots don't make it. Mm-hmm. Well. So the Ravens, the Titans, and the Patriots were all in the playoffs last year. I don't think the Browns were. Um, and the Houston was in the – so you'd have four new teams in the playoffs. You'd have the Colts, the Raiders, the Dolphins, and I think the Bills. Ah, I could be totally screwing this up. <laughs> no, you'd have those four new teams in the playoffs for the AFC. So you'd, you'd have the Chiefs and Steelers returning, mm-hmm. I believe. Oh, no, the Steelers weren't in the playoffs after. I don't know. My brain isn't right. But if we move on to a, an eight-team playoff, you would, you'd round it out with the Ravens and the Browns at uh, seven and eight, both with a six and three record, meaning the Titans are the first team out at six and three. This dog is about to get her butt shaved. And moving on to the NFC dog. This is your last warning. <laughs> the Packers are the one seed at seven and two, followed by the Saints at seven and two, followed by the Cardinals at six and three, followed by the Eagles. E A G L E S. We suck. Two, three, five, and one. Fourth seed in the playoffs right now in the NFC at three, five, and one. And they would get. That's ludicrous. They would get Tampa Bay at seven and three if you know it stayed as is. Yeah. And then the Rams at six and three. Would round out top six with the Seahawks and Bears being seven and eight. Um, I think the only team that would be missing would be the 49ers from last year. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be the Cardinals spot that they would take. Uh, no, maybe the the Seahawks would take the, the Buccaneers spot as well. So, yeah, that's your playoff projection for now. As I'm being attacked by my dog. 
Yeah, I think that's something that probably moving forward we should touch on each podcast is see what the updated playoff rankings look like. Um, kind of just touch on the standings real quick, and then yeah, just keep doing our our look forwards and stuff because. We are, you know, there's three weeks left in the fantasy football season. There's about, what, six or seven weeks left of there, NFL there's regular seven, season. A lot of teams have seven games left. Yeah. Um, there's very, like, the Buccaneers have six. The Bears have six. The Giants, Panthers have six. The... And no one, no one in the AFC, oh, the Bills have six. Other than that, everyone has seven games left. Yeah. Dog, chill out. She's actually doing okay. She's just been kind of crazy the last few minutes. But we could wrap this up. I think she wants attention. Yeah, of course she wants attention. That's all she wants is attention. Yeah, um, should we do a little look forward to next week? I, so I think we're going to do another um, fantasy and NFL recap podcast for the week 11 games. And then we're going to come back with um, – well, actually, no, no, no. I'm looking forward to – So we're going to do an episode – Either, later, later this week, probably either Thursday, do, Friday, yeah. or Saturday. That's half the week. <laughs> <laughs> so just it's really up in there. At some point this at, week, at some point, just yeah. turn, turn all your notifications. I on. was I was looking forward. To, I still thought we were in last week, and I was looking forward to. I thought this week. And I wish week, we were but. back in last week. I had all week off. Although <laughs> next week's the, oh, so next week's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So next week we'll just do one on Tuesday, more than likely. Right, just do a recap one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because I'll be gone that weekend. Um, but anyway, do we say what we're doing later this week for our? I said podcast? earlier, but okay. I'll let you introduce it more as it's your uh, your forte. Yeah, I was gonna say for any of our listeners out there who are not necessarily the biggest football fans or sports fans and who aren't really enjoying listening to us just recap fantasy and NFL scores each week. Um, we are going to be back with a movie podcast later this week, hopefully. Um, it's something that I've been doing just on my own for the last, I guess, seven years just because I'm a, I'm a movie nerd. And I what I do is I track all of the movies that I've seen throughout the year that were released that year, and then I end up ranking my top five. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of maybe end up turning this into like a series of podcasts and kind of go year by year. And I'm going to have Matt look over the list come up with his own top five from that year and we're just going to kind of start the first year will be 2013 so the podcast later this week will be about the year 2013 in movies the movies that were released that year and then what i had as my top five that year and then we'll just we'll discuss see if the the top five has changed at all if i've changed my mind or um you know see what matt's top five is and and go from there i think um 2013 i think when i was looking back through it has the most that was the year where I saw the most amount of movies that were released that year. I think I saw something like 50 movies that were released that year. So I'll have lots to talk about. I'm not sure if you've had that a chance our, to look over the list and how I've many, had a chance to look determine over determine how many you've seen out of that I'd, list. I'd have to I have to read 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 it and yeah. check. Uh, I think I've seen probably enough to pick a top five. Yeah. Okay. Um, it should not, be an interesting discussion. Not as much. There were some good movies that year. It was, uh, it was pretty I'm good definitely going to throw this out here now. It's not probably going to be an hour-long podcast. This one will probably be, going back to our movie our uh, yeah. movie bracket podcast length, of probably close to an hour and a half to two hours. Because yeah. I do like to rant about but movies. But we'll have much better content than the NFL season and ranting about our Denver Broncos. So Yeah, yeah. So anyway, thanks everyone out there who enjoys the NFL Recap Podcast or all of our 
fantasy playoff, you know, our fantasy managers out there who like listening to this kind of stuff. Thank you guys for checking in. We obviously like to, you know, keep up with the NFL season and fantasy football as it moves along because we're obviously trying our best to win our fantasy league and stuff. But for any of you out there who are maybe not as crazy about the football stuff and want to hear us talk about other random stuff like movies and space and the ocean, we'll we'll start dropping some more of those, um, you know, throughout the year. Probably as well, on a, so. I would either say on a weekly or a biweekly basis. Yeah. We'll, we'll throw yeah. in that extra. I mean, once the NFL season ends, right. we'll be filling these episode spots with, with other stuff. With other yeah. stuff so, yeah. um, Which, nice little segue. Again, our email is just some browsing at gmail.com. Email us with any ideas for discussions for future podcast episodes, anything you'd like to hear us discuss, anything that we've already discussed in the podcast that you either agree with or don't or violently disagree with, whatever, we'd like to hear it. We'll discuss it on a future episode. Um, yeah, go out there and listen to us on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. We're on Spotify, Podbean, a- Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google. Google. I yeah. think I'm trying to get us on to Pandora okay. and... Amazon, I think we're on Amazon. So yeah, Sweet. you know, go give us a, a follow, a like, a review. Like Zach said, shoot us an email. We have a Facebook page at just just browsing. Yeah. No G, just browsing. B R O W S I N. Browsing. No G. Um, you know, go give us a like. Leave a comment on the episode. You know, like Zach said, tell us what you want to hear. Drop us a post. You know, we'd love to interact a lot more with you and. Um, you know, bring you more, you know, more stuff that you want to listen to. I did see that we had a download in New Zealand. So I want to give a shout out to that shout person to New in New Zealand. Tell your friends about us. Maybe throw a shout out across the, the ocean to Australia, you know, get us going down there. Maybe we'll come down and visit you one day. We're international, man. We could, we could be like, hey, you're our first intercontinental guest and we could go down to new zealand huh dude any portable excuse, we got a portable recorder yeah any excuse to go to new zealand that place sounds awesome yeah so. so you know like we said you know we appreciate all of your uh your support and your you know your listens and your downloads and um we look forward to to cranking out some more uh beautiful content for you beautiful people so yep. you guys have hopefully a good... um you guys will hear from us later this week so. yeah so uh we'll uh we'll talk to you guys later bye for now